Atheist Nomads episode 224. Oops, I'm supposed to be on break, but what the molek? The podcast you're about to listen to includes cursing and talking about hoo-hahs. Please be advised. Welcome to the episode of Atheist Nomads. I'm Dustin and I'm here by myself because I'm supposed to be on break and Lauren doesn't want to record with me, so it's just me. So, I, yeah, I was going to take a break, but decided against it because of one of these news stories that I just had to talk about. Ah, so let's go ahead and jump right on in, and then I'll cover some other stuff after that, but this is going to be a short one, but it's still something because, you know, other than the fact that Trump has decided to let the Turks probably commit a new genocide in, against the Kurds in, in Syria, um, that's just complete utter horribleness, but let's talk about this one with Todd Starnes and the doctor, Reverend Dr. Jeffress. Let's go through a couple clips here. So here's the first one. It's very clear to me uh, that the the average American uh, citizen loves this president and they're not buying into all of this impeachment nonsense. They're not. And look, I heard it over and over again. Like you, I spoke to thousands of these people last week. And the reason they support this president is not because they're religious hypocrites. It's not because they think he is perfect. Uh, They know he's not perfect, just like none of us is perfect. But they appreciate the strong Christian stance he takes. He is without doubt the most pro-life, pro-religious liberty, pro-Israel, pro-conservative judiciary president we have ever had. Oh, really? So President Trump loves life, which is why he's got a bunch of children locked up in cages and is denying people asylum and, and is letting Turkey slaughter, you know, potentially slaughter a bunch of people. So yeah, obviously he's, he's pro-life there. Uh, and pro-religious liberty, despite the fact that he wants Christians to have all of the privilege. So that's not religious liberty. That's just letting Christian bigoted assholes do whatever the hell they want. So, yeah, fuck that. Pro-Israel, because Israel is basically a modern apartheid state. And yeah, that's pretty fucked up too. So, yeah, that, uh, of course, there are people who really like that. And it's not the majority of Americans. If you look at most of the polling, it's somewhere between 30 and 40%. That is not a majority. Robert Jeffress does not understand math or any of these other terms. He's a fucking idiot. There is a fear that if the left ever regains control of this country again, our nation is finished. And uh, look, I believe that. I, I genuinely, based on some of the legislation they've been trying to shove down the throats of the, the good people of California, and then with this Equality Act uh, that Nancy Pelosi and her cronies are after, I have no doubt that they want to especially go after and target Christians in America, Dr. Jeffers. So that was Todd Starnes is the one who sounded a lot better. And Jeffers is the guy who was on the phone. Uh, Yeah. If liberals got control of everything again, then yes, obviously one of the goals would be to undo Trump's bigoted bullshit. So yeah, very conservative Christians like Robert Jeffers are concerned about that because they're getting all that privilege And they're afraid that they're going to lose it forever because demographics are shifting against them. That's why they've been coming to the polls in greater and greater numbers as time's gone on and voting more and more just for Republicans. And Trump went ahead and just decided, yeah, going to let, 
you know, conservative Christians get everything in the courts and get all these horrible, horrible people into the courts that are going to just wipe away equality for everyone. And this Equality Act would just make it so that everybody is equal, like men and women are equal and you're equal whether you're straight or gay or bi, whether you're cis or trans. How is that hard to understand why that's a good thing? Unless you're just a Christian who thinks you have to be bigoted towards everybody else. And it's all just part of this stupid Christian nationalist bullshit that we've been seeing uh, really ramping up since, you know, Trump really got his uh, campaign going in 2016 and, and definitely since he was elected president. So, all right, that, that, that's just pretty freaking bullshit crazy there, but it gets even better. You know, we just assume they're praying to God. I, I'm not quite sure. I don't know, Dr. Jumpers. I mean, they booed God, tried to vote him out of the party platform. I mean, well, apparently know. the God they uh, worship is the God uh, of the uh, the pagan God of the Old Testament, Moloch, who allowed for child sacrifice. I mean, the God of the Bible doesn't sanction the killing of millions and millions of children in the womb. So, OK, child sacrifice. Uh, there's still a few states where that is legal. Um, one of them is the one that. We're currently in Idaho, where attempts to get the child sacrifice laws repealed, oh, excuse me, the child neglect laws exemptions repealed have failed because people are afraid of stepping onto the religious rights of and parental rights of people who think that letting their children die will get them into heaven. So... And, and who are these people that are really fighting against these attempts to get rid of these child neglect exemptions? It's Republicans, not liberals. And, you know, with kids dying in concentration camps on along the borders and across the country, that's also Republicans. So they're just concerned about the unborn, which if you look at the Bible, there is no prohibition on killing the unborn. In fact, there's even, if you kill a person, which is definitely defined as somebody who has been born, then you get death, depending on the, the exact circumstances. If you cause a pregnant woman to lose the pregnancy, you have to pay a fine. That is clearly in the Bible, in the Levitical Code, a distinct difference. And the Bible also has a recipe for abortion, in case you think your wife is cheating on you and that's why she's pregnant. So, you know, it doesn't really seem quite like the God of the Bible is all that, uh, has that much of an issue with the, with the unborn going away. And Republicans definitely want to sacrifice children. But who is this Molech? Um, it's a good opportunity for a Dustin Off the Degree style news deep dive. So Molech is a term that was created in the Septuagint, much like Jehovah. Uh, Jehovah took the Hebrew consonants because Hebrew did not have vowels back in the day. And when they were translating into Greek, they had to add vowels because Greek did have vowels. And because they didn't want people to actually pronounce it as Yahweh, because that was taking the Lord's name in vain, they used the vowel points for Adonai, Lord. Uh, in modern Jewish circles, they have stopped even using Adonai, they are now just calling God Hashem, the name. Uh, they did something similar with Molech. They took 
the consonants for what would be anglicized into MLK, and they bastardized the pronunciation intentionally to make sure that it was distinct from king, because Molech was just the king of the gods. And in the Old Testament, there was a pantheon of gods. Not just Yahweh, there were a bunch of gods. Yahweh was just one of them. And if you look at, at some of the verses about child sacrifice, um, so you've got Abraham and Isaac in Genesis 22. And if you look at the Quranic version of it, it's Abraham and Ishmael. And God tells Abraham to sacrifice his son. He takes him up on the mountain. He binds him up, puts him on the altar, is about ready to stab him and an angel stops him, tells him to stop, and shows him a ram that he can then slaughter on the sacrifice or on the on the altar instead. That is something that, according to the story, did not seem strange to Abraham. Modern Christians justify it as it didn't seem strange because Abraham trusted that God would either resurrect Isaac or would let Abraham and Sarah have another child. Probably though that you know he would resurrect him. If you look at the text, it's Abraham thought he was going to have to kill his son. And that's what God asked him to do. So that's what he was going to do. In Judges 11, 30 to 40, we've got the story of Jephthah, who was one of the judges. And he was fighting against the Ammonites and he was having some trouble. So he made a pledge to God that he would sacrifice the first thing that came out of his house to greet him, if that meant that he would have victory in battle. And so he gets, he wins the battle, he gets home, and his daughter, his only child, is the one who greets him. So she gets to go off with her friends for two months to mourn her virginity, because that's the big thing to be concerned about, not the fact that she's about to be slaughtered. And then she gets home and he... Kills her on an altar as a sacrifice to God because he promised that he would do that. At that time, didn't seem strange. Now, if you look at the rabbinic tr- tradition since then, they say that, no, no, no. She mourned her, her virginity because she wasn't ever going to actually get to have sex. And then she was just taken out of the gene pool. So she just lived her life as a virgin because she was never going to actually be able to be a good ancient Jewish woman and make Jewish babies. So that, that, that was fulfilling the promise. She was just dedicated to the Lord. Uh, no, that's not what the story says. The story makes it pretty clear. He killed her. But one of the best stories, uh, and granted, this one isn't even about Molech specifically, It's about the Moabite version of Molech, where Mesha, king of Moab, has been paying tribute to the king of Israel for a long time. He decides he's done. And so he stops paying this tribute. The king of Israel then gets the king of Judah to join him. They travel through Ammonite territories and get their support. And then they go down to Moab and they attack the Moabite kingdom. Mesha's losing. The three kings and their armies that are allied against him are destroying his cities. He gets an army together. He fights against them. He loses. He goes back and he sacrifices his son 
the person who is supposed to be the king after he dies. And when he did that, as it says in Second Kings, and there came a great wrath against Israel, and they withdrew from him and returned to their own land. Molech, and there are a lot of of prohibitions in in the the Pentateuch, the books of Moses, against having your children, you know, causing your children to pass through the fly, fire to Molech. There are king, bad kings in the book of Kings and the books of the Kings and Chronicles who caused their children to pass through the fire to Molech, and they are condemned for it. Molech is generally considered, because the name means king, and you don't sacrifice your children to an earthly king, and a king would not sacrifice his children to a different king, that it would be the king of the gods. There are various gods across the Mediterranean region that are considered to be equivalent, and... Mesha would have been sacrificing his son to Molech. Uh, Japheth probably sacrificed his daughter to Molech. They believed that if they could get the king of the gods, because gods are the ones who chose who would win and lose battles. And if you're losing a battle, it's because your god is... And it wasn't even that gods would choose. It was the gods were fighting, and whichever god won the fight that God's army would be the one who would win. And so if it's Yahweh fighting against the God of the Ammonites, if Yahweh's winning, then you win the battle. If the God of the Ammonites is winning, they win the battle. But if you can get the king of the gods to take your side, you will win. And the king of the gods isn't likely to pay much attention unless you sacrifice your children. And not any children, royal children. In every single case that it's talked about, it is specifically dealing with the children of kings and judges and other leaders. Nobody talks about sacrifices to Molech from average people because average people didn't care about the king of the gods. They cared about whether or not their crops would grow. So when Robert Jeffress complained or, or, or made the, the accusation that Democrats worship Molech. What the fuck? I mean, that is just absurd. They are not trying to appease the king of the gods. They are not sacrificing children. They are not sacrificing royal children. The modern equivalent would be trying to sacrifice the children of Donald Trump. And nobody is doing that or calling for that. Democrats want women to have access to safe and legal abortions because if they don't those abortions will continue to happen but women will die that is pure and simple how that works democrats advocate for the option that results in the least death now republicans on the other hand seem to be worshiping a king a molech if you want to use that term and it's not the christian god it's Donald J. Trump, who seems to think he is above the law, much like an absolutist king of the Enlightenment or feudal ages. And that is just frustrating that Jeffers is either so stupid to not know that or so twisted as to try to turn it around to try to make the opposite point. Now, the end result of this Almost immediately after this broadcast was Starnes getting fired by Fox. 
Now, this seems a little bit strange because the worst statements weren't made by Starnes. It was Jeffress. And they didn't blacklist Jeffress. He's a frequent guest on lots of Fox programs and even said that if Trump got impeached, that it would cause a civil war. And that didn't get him blacklisted from the network. This did. And this didn't even get him blacklisted from the network. It got the host of that show fired. This looks a lot to me like Starnes was used as a scapegoat because they, Fox knew a line had been crossed that should not be crossed. And they have been definitely trying to distance themselves from Trump, but they have definitely seemed to be trying to avoid alienating Trump. And this looks like an attempt to try to have their cake and eat it too. It's not going to work because those statements were made by Robert Jeffress, who is a close advisor of Donald Trump, and he's going to continue to be on a lot of Fox shows. So nothing's going to change except Todd Starnes isn't going to be working at Fox. And while I don't necessarily, I'm not a fan of Starnes by any mean, by any means, but that's a pretty bullshit firing. Now, as far as these impeachment efforts go, it's not because of all the, so many of the horrible things that Trump has done. It is specifically about him trying to blackmail the Ukrainian president into investigating one of Trump's rivals in the 2020 election that's coming up, uh, Joe Biden and his family, by withholding military aid that Ukraine is using to try to fight against Russia, which had helped... Trump win the 2016 election. Now, the 2016 election doesn't seem to be any part in the impeachment efforts that are going on right now. It is focused solely on the fact that Trump was trying to withhold money to get a foreign government to help him in his campaign. That is something that is incredibly illegal. And Trump's anger and wrath against this went so far as to ask China to do it too which is just insane. He's doing something illegal. He's getting it, has a chance of getting in some serious, serious trouble for it. And now he's just doing it in public on camera. But if you look at Trump's history, in the 2016 election during one of the debates, he asked Putin to hack one of Hillary Clinton's servers to find the supposedly missing emails. He did that in public. Everybody saw it. Heck, I even tweeted about it when that happened, that that was treason on national television. And he is continuing with that. And I guess we should expect that when you elect a reality TV star, that he's going to think that committing treason on camera is okay. That's just getting good ratings. No, it is still wrong. It is still illegal. And if Congress actually has any oversight power over the presidency, including the power of impeachment, this has to go through or else it will be impossible to remove any president for any reason in the future. And that is terrifying. So let's talk about what's, what's going to be coming in the future with the show. I will probably be moving the release back to Thursday, where it was for its first five or six years. Uh, we will probably be limiting headlines to no more than 15 minutes. So we'll get less news. What? Okay. I, Lauren is, is 
scoffing at me for that. Okay, I'm going to make a goal of trying to keep headlines down to 15 minutes. I am going to be trying to get more interviews, more deep dives, more deep dives into news trends. So as to try to avoid what has happened in the past where we talk about one news story and then almost the exact same thing happens somewhere else and it's still important, but because we're talking about it with somebody else, we talk about it all again in as much detail. I'm going to try to lump stuff like that together and talk about them in detail once. We are going to shoot for longer dusting off the degrees. Uh, in some cases, it might be a co combination of a deep dive into some news story or news trend with a dusting off the degree like this was. Um, and we're going to also just do long discussions with guests where we're going to find topics of interest that we will talk about that aren't necessarily related to the news. Um, this has the goal of being a little bit less news, quite a bit less news, trying to provide more value in the stuff that we do talk about and trying to maintain my sanity. We will see if this works. Uh, do expect changes and, and tweaks as time goes on. There'll be some experimentation here. I will probably make a goal of having a, uh, periodic update on interesting science and technology bits. Um, so do watch out for that. And, uh, I think all in all, this is going to be a lot of fun. So that's it for this week. And, uh, Randy, you were right in, in your, your thinking that I wouldn't be able to pull off an actual break. Um, yeah, you were right. I am, I am really bad at doing things like taking breaks and Lauren is sighing again. Uh, but that's it for this week. Listeners, remember, not all those who wander are lost. Thank you for listening to another episode of Atheist Nomads. You can find show notes and contact information at atheistnomads.com. Follow us on Twitter at Atheist Nomads and like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash atheistnomads. Please subscribe to the show in iTunes, Stitcher, or your podcatcher of choice. And while you're there, feel free to leave us a review. Theme music is courtesy of Sturdy Fred. Until next time, this has been the Atheist Nomads.